experiencing a moment of getting ready. The Bible says the bride hath made herself ready. And that's what we have to do in our walk with God is to make ourselves ready in this hour, which means waiting on the Lord, which means getting washed by the presence of the Lord, which means a constant touch and renewal of the Holy Ghost. And um, I, I, I know you may, you may have graduated past the time in God where you need to wash your hands or take a bath. not in the natural though I think that's one of those things that you're supposed to do at least once a week on Saturday night anyway huh oh how good refreshing it is to be able to wait on the presence of the Lord and just feel his presence let's thank him again beautiful singing beautiful worship Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory. You may be seated. And I know there's a lot that I could uh, talk about and preach about. Um, on this subject. It embodies all of our sense of where we are. It embodies the entirety of uh, <coughs> what's going on. <coughs> and yet, here we are <coughs> looking at here um, that how can we sort of keep, if you will, uh, sin cut back in my life. It's not a, it's, it's, it's a constant battle. Paul said it like this, I died daily. And I realize that uh, the first step in this really is realizing that you're a sinner and you need God. And you have, to, you have to reach that point before you can have experienced the grace of God. You cannot experience the mercy and forgiveness of God, as I alluded to this morning with the man who looked around and pointed out what somebody else was doing or how much better he was than somebody else. It immediately took away that sense of uh, the being able to somehow... Uh, get into the presence of God. And we know that this war between the flesh and the spirit and that the flesh is full of ungodliness. No matter how you want to cut it, uh, it's ungodly. And, uh, and, and yet, uh, it doesn't mean, obviously, that we're suggesting that you... Um, uh, become a monk and that you isolate yourself and that you're never 
<coughs> going to have any flesh, uh, but you can uh, just, you can get as off track and uh, pride is what springs up from that. And, and you know, Paul talked in Colossians uh, about people that say, taste not, touch not, handle not, and they got to where they worship their will, <coughs> their willpower, and uh, how much willpower they have. And you can try to conquer your life and your junk by your willpower. But let me explain it to you. Maybe you understand it. If it's my willpower to conquer my flesh, guess who wins? The flesh. Because it's my willpower conquering my flesh. And that's why he said it's will worship. It means that it becomes all about me. I'm still doing it. It's doing it by my, I'm determined. I'm going to get a hold of this thing. Now, I, you say, well, pastor, are you not supposed to be determined? No, you can be determined. But what I preached this morning and I started with is the impact that you first have to realize that guess what? I need the gospel. I need the presence of God to help me. I've got to have the blood. We sang about it, Brother Jim Hoskinson sang about it. We've got to have the blood. We've got to have the touch of the presence of God. We've got to have that. It's not about who I am, it's about who he is. And I must recognize that I remember that the gospel is for sinners of whom I am chief. I'm the, I'm the biggest sinner that there is and I have got to maintain that kind of concept and that kind of sense of direction about who I am. I read to you this morning these verses where Romans says, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, what does that mean, that there's no condemnation? There's two ways of, of, of trying to get rid of the condemnation. There's two ways of doing it. One is the fact that we'll abolish all of the laws, so therefore there won't be any condemnation. And let me just tell you, and I'm, I'm thankful for all the laws that we have uh, abolished, but you, it is absolutely ludicrous to think if I outlaw murder, no one will die. Or if I make murder legal, get rid of the law. You understand? That if somehow I do away with all laws, everybody's going to love one another and be kind to one another and be pleasant to one another. Huh? I mean, there's no law of how to act in a parking lot. There's no law on how to, you know, open a door for somebody else that's walking in. And yet, huh? Are people civil today? Are they kind? Oh, it's just part of my human nature to be kind and loving and fine. Oh, really? I, 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 I call Brother Rogers out all the time on this, but, you know, 
because of his namesake living in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> but honey, we ain't there. And it's not, that wasn't the brother Rogers. He's got more of God than that brother Rogers had. What, what are you saying? I'm saying that there is something about it. And yet we know, and that's what Romans was trying to say to us, that, that therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's what the law is there for. You, it makes you know, this is wrong. I shouldn't do this. This is not right. That's what the law is there for, to tell me what is right and wrong. If it's up to me to decide what's right and wrong, it's survival of the toughest, fittest. Amen. Huh? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. I mean, and I've often used Hitler as a wonderful example of that because, you know, Brother Hitler abolished all animal medical experiments. He said, we don't want to do any more experiments on sheep. We don't want to do any more experiments on mice. It's just not nice to animals. And in fact, all the cartoons of the age show the animals given a Heil Hitler sign. They were so thankful. Poor old brother Hitler has now helped us. He will not. But guess what he was doing, folks? It was okay to run the Jews through the experiments. As long as we don't do the sheep. And now, I know we're not there yet in our country. For instance, make sure I can bring my dog on the plane or make sure I can... It's okay to, you know, abort children. It's okay to whatever. But as long as I... Huh? We're just as bad, folks. We can't talk about poor old brother Hitler very much. But the law brings the knowledge of sin, the righteousness of God, which is by faith of, of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For all have sinned. Guess what? That includes me. That includes you. And come short of the glory of God. And I was telling uh, some of the uh, men that were in the thing, that's what it's all about, is us giving God the glory. And there's every one of us have at some time not done what we could to bring glory to God. And if you can say, well, oh me, I give glory to God. Oh, oh, no, no. That we have been justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation, not just for our sins only, but for uh, the, uh, through faith in his blood to declare the righteousness and the remission of sins and the forbearance of God. Now, uh, being confident, Paul told them in, in Philippians, that this very thing, and this is why you preach the gospel to yourself, being confident of this very thing. Being confident. When the enemy tells you you're hopeless, you're useless, you'll never get a handle on this. Being confident of this very thing. Thank God for the gospel. He that began a good work in you will perform it until the... Keep working on me, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Lord. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, Lord. And yet in the very same book, 
Paul wrote to the Philippians from jail, okay, God's going to do the work. And then, you know what he also said in the very same book, just a few lines down, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So now how is that? Do I just wait on God? Or do I work out my own salvation? Is it my righteousness or is it his righteousness? Paul goes on, same book, and he says, I'm found in him, in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now, you say, well, I, I can't do that. You know how he, he goes on? You know what this next chapter says? I can do all things through if I continue to remember the gospel, if I preach the gospel to myself, if I lay my hand on my head and say, Lord, by your blood, by the power of your blood, by the fact that I believe you are able to give me strength over this, I believe. Yes. Amen. Then it's not about how good my will is. It's about how powerful his blood is. It's not about how strong my will is. It's about how great his power is. And that's why I, I put this next one and I called it dependent responsibility and, and, and meaning that you do have to take responsibility for setting up boundaries and making sure you have accountability and you've got all kinds of things. You know, you've got to work like it all depends on you. You can't just sit back and say, well, I'm waiting for God to take my addiction, my sin, and when he finally takes it, no, I got to quit buying Cheetos. Okay? I can't just say, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to wait on God. I got to do my part, but it's my part. And this is where you can get off track because if you're not careful, when we get over here, you know, here I am waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, feeling the presence, the blood, and then, okay, now I'm going to do my part. And it's like I forget that I also need the blood, that it becomes part of my willpower. You see? And therefore, I am setting myself up for that trunk of pride to grow out of the flesh so that it's about me, not about God. Yeah. Brother Shane said it tonight. But for the grace of God, there go I. Well, sure, and I'm, I'm thankful. My folks are here and I'm thankful for, you know, the, the history of being in the church and the legacy that was left and that I was a part of and that God, the heritage has been passed down and I was able to help try to introduce it to my children and pass it down. But at some point, they've got to take that up for themselves. You, you understand? I can't do that. But yet, what, a, what a, it becomes that, so how's it going to happen? Paul wrote to the Corinthians, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is 
liberty. But we, when we, have, when we come into the presence of the Lord, you say, well, I want to learn how to keep cutting sin back out of my life. And, and, and I know, I, I did not, and I, I, I should have mentioned it again tonight. For those of you who weren't here this morning, I'm not talking about wickedness. I'm not talking about total violation of the Ten Commandments. You know, cut that out, stop it, go ahead. You understand? Uh, this is not like, okay, well, I can have one affair a month or two affairs a month or what. I, I'm not going there. You, you follow me? This is not about what we know the Bible to say. But this is about, and I'll show you what it's about. But the point is, it's that whatever will, it, the, there's a scripture in the verse that says, when you cut back the tree, if the tree stump smells water, It'll spring forth at the scent of water. And so what do you say? It doesn't take much for my flesh to get activated. All right? And so I have to work, but yet it becomes important that I realize with open face. What does that mean, open face? Honesty, transparency. Just as what we were doing around here tonight, coming up, oh God, whether you're at your seat, I need you, Lord, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. And the more you do that, guess what's happening? He is changing us from our image to becoming more godly like his image. Oh, why? You say, well, Pastor, I, I'm struggling. I have such a struggle. This is going on. You've got to take responsibility for what you can do. And the one thing that you can do is stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay connected. Get, a, get a, a touch of the Holy Ghost every time you can. Come to the altar. You say, oh, I, that's not me. That's not who I am. I'm telling you, it's whatever you want to be in Christ you're going to have to be open and honest and real and say I need the Lord you say well I don't need him I, I, didn't, I didn't murder anybody this week well praise God that's what this uh, uh, that, that's why I know I know all of us that are here on Sunday night we're convinced already we're sinners <laughs> but that's why number three I put here Number one, you know, you got to preach your gospel to yourself. Number two, you've got to take some responsibility for what you can do. And one of the things that you can do is rely on the power of the Holy Ghost. That's powerful. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay washed. Number three is you've got to identify the little foxes that spoil the vine. And here's what it says. When I try to use my, and I put it in quotes, willpower... Alone to conquer my flesh. That's why I can then look across and say, thank God I'm not like that. Because it's all about how strong I am. Well, look, I didn't, I didn't get drunk last night. Hallelujah. Huh? Well, bully for you. I bet you've got a few little foxes you need to pray through over. You might have not been drinking, but you got something that you need to repent for today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, pastor, are you saying I need to repent? Every one of us need to repent. Every one of us have got to die daily. Oh, you know, and that's why I showed you this slide this morning where, you know, it, it comes up here, this very sense of, uh, uh, there it is. Ungodliness produces this trunk of pride. And out of that trunk spring these branches. And these are just some that I found in the Word. I, this is not an exhausted list, folks. Temper, discontentment, resentment, selfishness, inconsideration. How dare they? I don't have to do that. Jealousy, unthankfulness, judgmentalism, competitiveness, sins of the tongue, grudges, love of money, bitterness, impatience, irritability, anger, no self-control, anxiety, frustration, envy, an independent spirit. And I, I'm not tonight, but I'm going to give you verses that verify every one of those. And I didn't put every verse in there. You can do your own study and find out some more. That's why you... Then what do you do? You, you, at that point, then bring the word of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, remember? And you start using that word to attack that growth out of the trunk of pride. That's why we gave away Bibles. That's why that word is important. That's why I inundate you with words. And I know, I give too many scriptures. I get it. But why am I doing that? It's because heaven and earth will pass away, but one thing won't pass away, and that's the word of God. And you've got to use that word to attack the growth that starts coming out of the trunk of pride. You've got to use the word of God to cut back all unthankfulness and all inconsideration and all. And, and you say, oh, well, how does the Bible say? Oh, I, I'll give you verses that, I, like I said, I'll, I, every one of those words that I put on a branch, every one of those are found in the word of God. And it tells you what to do whenever you're coming against it. David said it like this in Psalms 119. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not. Number five. Here, These are the five things. You, you identify. You, you, you make sure, number one, that I'm preaching the gospel to myself. That I realize I've got some responsibility. And that is to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Number three, I identify all of those little areas that are little foxes. Because let me just tell you, what happens is, if I let a little unthankfulness go very long, it gets harder to cut it back. Yes. Yes. Huh? Try it with your field. Try it with a garden. The longer you let it grow, the longer the little bitterness sits there. The longer the unthankfulness sits there, the longer the hurt sits there, it becomes harder to get it up out of there. That's why you identify it while it's young and tender and while it's just there. That's why he would say things like, oh, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let 24 hours happen that you stay mad. Why? Because he knew that once you stay mad for 24 hours, it starts getting in your spirit and then it becomes a pride issue. How dare they talk to me that way? Yeah. To me. Moi. Myself. 
Number five, the last one, is you can find somebody to help you be accountable and identify the areas that start popping up from the trunk of pride. Now, why is that important? Because you know what? It's so easy to see this in somebody else. <laughs> Either a parent, you know what I'm talking about. You, you've looked at your kids and said, uh-uh, no, there's an attitude there. You said no, but the way you said no, and they're going, what? I said, no. And they try to slip out of that real quick. Huh? Oh, but we got it. You know, I got what you were trying to do. I could smell that on you. I smelled something on there that I didn't like. Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And now I know we can be wrong, but, but you, you know, and you know, it, you know, my wife can say, would you like a salad? Why are you asking me that? Are you thinking I need to walk more? <laughs> huh? She's been guilty of saying, would you like to split something? I know. No, no. I can eat the whole thing. You get what you want, I'll get what I want. because they have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, what happens? One lifts the other one up. <clears throat> but woe to him that is alone when he falls because he has no one. That's why the body, the church is so vital. That's why what you saw here praying and people coming and saying, God, wash me, Clint. That's why. And I thank all of you that moved. And I know not everybody could. I get it. But when you see somebody, you, you come and you pray, I'm doing what I can because I know they're in a fight for their life just like I'm in a fight for my life because it's hard to stay godly in this hour in which we're living. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say, what you profess. I'm not talking about wickedness. Yes, I know. I, I, maybe I have the, the certain level of wickedness whip, but let me tell you, ungodliness, I don't have that whip. I'm full of ungodliness. It's my flesh. And let me tell you, it'll pop up any moment. And you say, oh, well, I'm thankful. Oh, pastor, that's not me. God bless you. Well, yeah, let me tell you, ungodliness is not necessarily wickedness. Living life with little or no, what is ungodliness? Living life with little or no thought of God, God's will, or the need to give God glory. Or my need for God. Just living like God is irrelevant in my life. And do you know how many people live like, well, yeah, I can go to church. Or if I don't, it's okay. If I pray today, it's on me. Huh? Whatever I do, is it all about me? No, it's not all about me. It's all about him. <laughs> that, that's why when you stop and think, in terms of, you know, that's why I bring the word of God into my pride because it's easy to get caught up in it 
and become ungodly. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. I know. Y'all have been great. And I, I'm, I'm going on and on here. Colossians, the first chapter in the ninth verse. For this reason, we also, from the day we heard it, have not ceased to pray and make special prayer requests for you, asking that you may be filled with the full, deep, and clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom in comprehension, insight into the ways and purposes of God and in understanding and the discernment of spiritual things that you may walk, live, and conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. <laughs> Go on here. And desiring to please Him in all things. That's what the Lord, that's what Paul told the church at Colossae. The Lord wants you to please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, clearer insight, acquaintance, recognition. He goes on in that same book. To say, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Whatsoever you do in word or in deed. Everything that I do to be godly has got to be centered around God. And you know what? The nearer we get to the coming of the Lord the more the Lord is pulling the sheep back and saying, that's not godly. You were trying to do that one on your own. That's not godly. You need to, oh, well, I got this one, Lord. I, I'll see you Sunday. And it's not enough. In fact, what Paul wrote in another book, he said, I don't care if you eat a snack, if you eat a Kit Kat bar, or I don't care if you drink a Diet Coke. He I don't care whatever you eat or whatever you drink. Now, most of us don't go, wow, Lord, you want me to have this Diet Coke? No, I want it. Huh? That's why I said I'm ungodly at times. Because I want it. I don't go, Lord, is this really what you want me to have? Because he might tell me. And I want those Cheetos. Just saying. Huh? And then all of a sudden he says, Well, what were you doing today? Well, I, you know, I needed that. I, was, I needed to relax. I needed a caffeine fix. I needed it, Lord. Oh, really? Huh? Oh, in what's that? Oh, that verse, we don't like that. Then he said, Give offense. None offense. Oh, that, how, I'm, I'm thankful I have never been offensive to anybody ever in my life. <laughs> Give none offense. I don't care if they're Jews, if they're Gentiles, anybody in church. No, nobody in church has ever offended me and I've never offended anybody else. It just, that's the way it is. I'm just perfect that way. <sighs> I'm going to wait on you, Lord. <laughs> God, be merciful to me, a sinner, because my pride gets in the way. Even 
as I please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit. Well, this isn't really fair. I should have been at, huh? But the profit of many that they may be saved. Oh, oh, Lord. I feel like I need to repent again. Just one verse, two verses, huh? And it puts me on my knees. And yet David said, like a deer pants for the water brooks. Oh, people will line up outside of an Apple store waiting for the newest iPhone. Huh? Or the newest gizmo watch it. Whatever. But they're not lined up here in this word tonight. Huh? I need you, Lord. Why? Because we're living in an ungodly world. Psalm 63, he said, Early will I seek you. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and weary land. What are you saying? Oh, God, help me in this hour. Last slide for now. We're going to do some more Wednesday. You who boast in the law. He was writing this to the Jews. He said, if you think it's going to be because you kept the Ten Commandments. He said, it's not enough. He said, do you dishonor God by breaking the law, by stealthily infringing upon or carelessly neglecting or openly breaking it? For it is written, the name of God is maligned and blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. I don't want that to be our testimony. That people said, yeah, I know that church. I know those people. They were mean. They were insensitive. They were unthankful. They were unholy. They weren't godly at all. <laughs> and I understand nobody's totally godly. I get it. But that's why we got to repent. We got to preach ourselves the gospel. That means you got to stay humble. You got to stay full of the power of the Holy Ghost. You got to use the Word of God. You got to identify the small sins and you got to be accountable. I'm telling you, in this hour, we're going to see revival. We're going to see God do. I, mean, I don't want that. that I, I'm sorry. That's absolutely incorrect. We are seeing God do extraordinary things. That's an unbelievable miracle that you heard about Leslie's brother with a doctor who knows everything because they've gone to school and they're supposed to know everything says, I don't know what to tell you. That's absolutely miraculous because doctors know it all. And when they look and they go, I'm sorry. I've been making these predictions and I don't like being wrong, so I'm not going to make any more predictions. It is better for them to be right than to say, wow. Wow. 
you're a miracle. It's easier because of their pride and I'm not throwing down on those doctors. I got it too, folks. But you see how you can spot it in somebody else? Why didn't that doctor just say, sir, tell me what happened to you that has changed the course of everything that I've studied? Could you tell me about it? I want to tell you, David would have preached him a sermon right then. But his pride would not let him say, Sir, man, tell me, what is it? Remember how Paul went to Athens and some of them didn't ask him any questions. They didn't care. They didn't want to know. They don't need to know. Let me just tell you, I, I, I believe as we get nearer and nearer the coming of the Lord, it's going to be more and more important for us to be godly than we've ever been before. And the Lord's working on perfecting us. The, we're making ourselves ready. And you say, well, Pastor, that's just wonderful for you. I'm going to tell you, I believe it's happening. I can feel it in the spirit world that we are saying, Lord, wash me again. Cleanse me again. I need it Sunday morning. I need it Sunday night. I need it Wednesday. I need it Monday morning. I need it Tuesday morning. i got to have it Thursday morning. Why? Because I, got, I know how easy it is for me to get off track. And I know I can point out everybody else's sins. You, 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 you. This is about me, folks. About God turning the spotlight on me. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't need the Holy Ghost like that. I don't need all of that power. I want to just tell you something. Hang on to your seats. You can't do it without the Holy Ghost. Just say it. Forget it. Pack your lunch. Go ahead. Go home. You're going to be full of some kind of attitude or spirit. You can say, I can do it without the Holy No, you can't. You're going to, you're going to carry something around in your toolbox. You'll open up every once in a while. So, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget what they said to me. I'll never. Huh? Yeah? And it's all based on what they said to me about me, who I am. Oh, I am. I love you. I'm pastoring. I, I believe we're. We're having more and more situations come in that we need a godly church. And say a holy church, a godly church. A godly church. Let's stand. We felt your presence, Lord, so many times tonight. I am so thankful for these people have chosen to follow you that are praying that are worshiping that are getting up early for prayer that are coming on Tuesday for prayer that are holding my wife and I up in prayer and our family I thank you Lord for these people that are, are willing to open face come and raise their hands and let the tears flow down their cheeks and say God I need you I feel the strength of this church I feel the anointing in this church I feel the power of this church because of individuals
individuals that are doing their best to be godly in a most ungodly hour in which we're living. Oh God, I pray right now that you will cleanse my hands, my lips, my mind, my mouth. Oh, Wash me, Lord. Hakairia Roton Shamaha Tiara. God, help us daily to work on this trunk of pride that wants to produce so much ungodliness in our minds and spirits. Hayataria Mokoshaha.